As a teenager, you were controlled and confined by what others demanded and expected of you. In your 20s, you were consumed by what others thought of you. In your 30s, you realized you were still conflicted by what you truly thought of yourself. But now, in your 40s and beyond, it's finally time to live fearlessly, fabulously, and fully you. Let's go. Hey sis, welcome to In the Middle with Myra, and I'm your host, Myra Rollins. Hey ladies, welcome back to In the Middle with Myra, and I am your host, your homegirl, your friend, your confidant, your ace spoon coon, just your buddy, your pal, and you have found yourself again in the middle with me, and I am so appreciative. You all do not understand the joy it brings me from week to week to prepare for this podcast and to come on this mic and talk to you and to bring you, whether it be a guest or just the musings of my head, whatever. I just really appreciate this time, and I hope you do as well. And I don't take it lightly. As I tell you all the time, it is my commitment to make sure that when you finish listening to this podcast, you will have something practical to go implement that will make your days from 40 and beyond better and better and better. And so this week, this month rather, we are talking the whole entire month about dream chasing and not just about chasing your dreams, but about making them practical and putting them on paper and making them possible. And listen, when I say dreams, I'm not just talking about everybody wants to be some big name movie star. That's not everybody's vision. Somebody's dream is to um, just have consistent health and weight management. I got you. I'm talking to you too. Someone else's dream is just to... um, have better financial money management. I got you. I'm talking to you this month too, but also to the sister that is saying, you know, I have this dream that's been in the pit of my throat, my stomach, my gut, my soul, and I want to be um, an owner of a cosmetic company. I got you too. I am talking to all of my sisters who have a dream in their heart and need a little bit of centering to help them get there. So today is just me. It's a solo episode. And we are going to talk about just when you are on a particular nine to five job and you are feeling for one reason or another, we're going to get into those reasons that it might be time for you to leave. When do you know for sure that it's time for you to leave? That's what we're talking about today. But the rest of the month, I have a great lineup for you. Um, Next week, we're talking with Christina Garrett. She is the founder of the Mommy-Thon Diaries. Check her out on Facebook. And um, she also has Instagram and a website. I will put those in the show notes. But her mission is to assist women with the practical steps to live out their best life multitasking their roles. So whether you are a mom and an entrepreneur or a corporate business woman, a mom and a wife, how do you make all of that jive? Well, Christina Garrett is a strategist that partners with women to help them make those things possible. So check her out and tune in next week. We had a great discussion with some practical tips, a whole bunch of laughs, but again, something that you can walk away with and implement immediately. And then after that, I'm discussing um, 
branding and branding yourself and your business with two women who founded Woe Creative. And I will make sure to put that contacts in the show notes as well so that you can familiarize yourself with them prior to the show. And then to wrap up the month, it's going to be me. I'm going to circle back again. Just and it's going to be a surprise topic. It's going to be pretty much summarizing everything that we've talked about for the month, but giving you some tools, some principles and all of that to make sure that you finish out 2020. Yes, I know just to even say finish 2020 strong sounds oxymoronic, but y'all don't let 2020 beat you. We got it. Twenty twenty has been a beast, but we are not afraid to attempt to tame the beast and finish this year strong. So, going into my topic, let me tell you what happened to me about a week ago, and I'm sure this has happened to some of you as well. But for those of you who were Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry, like in his camp, if he had a hive, you'll be part of his beehive. Like I don't know. So if you are a Tyler Perry super fan, don't come for me based on what I'm getting ready to say. I don't want your comments. Everybody is entitled to your opinion, okay? And I am entitled to mine. So I was on my Facebook feed and I saw an article about Tyler Perry being a billionaire. Sis, if that don't inspire you, (laughs) if Tyler Perry can become a billionaire, then honey, we got this too. And let me explain. Tyler Perry, I admire his vision. I admire his work ethic. I admire the fact that he found his niche market and he went after it hard. He knew who his product was for. He knew who was going to like and follow him. And he went after that and he gave the people what they wanted. So I admire him for all of that. But if we are real, y'all know that Tyler Perry's movies are mediocre at best. (laughs) But this brother is a millionaire. But you know why? Because he believed in himself. He believed in his product. And it was his consistency. It was his faith in himself. It was his work ethic that got him to where he is. And for that, Tyler Perry, I salute you. But what it also confirmed in my heart was that whatever I set my mind on and when I mixed that vision with a plan and with consistency and with faith in myself, it's some stuff that's possible. Some big old dreams are very, very possible for me and for you. And so today what I wanted to start with was to speak to the woman who was saying, I'm not digging this nine to five. I'm feeling that I'm not supposed to be here. This isn't my passion. I feel like every morning I ask myself, is this it? And so for right now, I am speaking to the woman who believes that their nine to five job is hindering them from meeting their overall big dreams. Because what I want to differentiate, y'all see that? I work that word out good. Like I have a difficulty saying certain words and differentiates is one of them. And so I have to break it down into all of its syllables. So when I say it correctly, I'm pretty proud of myself. Anyway, I digress. 
Um, I'm talking to the woman who needs to differentiate between do I need to leave this job or modify some other things to make this job um, better for me, all right? Because the answer is not always leaving. So I'm talking to you, sis. So the first thing that you want to do is you need to make a list of the things that you dislike about your job. And no, 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 no. Don't say everything. I I, I don't believe that. (laughs) You don't like everything and you don't dislike everything. So write a very specific list of the things you dislike about your job. Don't think, don't ponder too long, just write the list. Because what we're getting ready to do is after you make the list, what I want you to do is make a column. Is it rows or column? I always get that confused. The things that go vertically, make three of those. And I want you to write these three titles at the top, culture, collateral, or core. So three up and down boxes. (laughs) And in the first box, you're going to put culture. The second box, you're going to label it collateral. And then the third box, you're going to name it core. Because these are elements of your job that you don't like. And I want you to put those things in categories because this is going to help us sift through the process of leaving or staying. So let me tell you what culture elements are. Culture elements are just the things that are very specific to your company, to your environment, not necessarily the entire field that you're in. For example, a culture element could be the people that you work with. If you left that particular job, stayed in the same field, but went to a different company, then it could be, no, it would be a completely different set of people making your culture that you work with the indifferent. So examples of culture elements could be the people that you work with, the boss that you work for. It could also be um, the pace that which that company works. Maybe another company isn't as strict on um, how fast you work, how much you turn out during the day. It may have some different criteria on what do you call it, quotas and things of that nature. So that could be a culture element. So everything that you wrote on that list initially, everything that is specific to that particular company or department put under culture. Because here's the situation with culture elements. These are things that instead of leaving and leveraging your external options, you want to look at how can I stay and leverage my internal options. And so one thing that I always talk about in my podcast, I always use the word options, options, options. You will hear that theme consistently threaded throughout my messages because I want us as women of 40 and beyond to understand that life is just not doing itself to us. Like we have options, even when it feels as if I'm being railroaded or this relationship is awful and he's so this, what are your options within that? So the same thing at your job. If you have lots of culture elements that are the main reason why you don't like your job, what options can you take, sis, to minimize the impact of those 
culture elements to where you can leverage your internal options. Let me give you some examples. So if it's the people that you don't like, the first thing you do is have you had conversations with those people? Yeah. I'm asking you to put your big girl panties on and sit next to the person that you don't like and don't like you and have a non-confrontational, very clear, concise, and thorough conversation. Have you done that? Or it may be time that you minimize your extra water cooler talk. Maybe the drama that like is unfolding is because of It happens mostly in the break rooms or when people go to lunch. Maybe that's not your group. Maybe these are not your friends. Maybe these will just have to be your coworkers. And when you minimize your interaction, maybe it'll make that culture element more livable for you. Or if it's your boss, you feel your boss is targeting you or is overly stringent and overly stressful. Have you had that conversation with your boss? And yes, you can have a conversation like this with your supervisor. And if it continues, have you looked at following the appropriate chain of command? What have you done in ways of sending out emails, um, asking for meetings? Do you get HR involved? Now, all of this takes strategy and it also takes making sure that you are appropriately following the chain of command. But these are internal options that you can leverage to make your culture experiment experience at your job better. Um, And if the list that you have is overwhelmingly culture, then what that tells me, sis, is that you may not be looking for an industry switch. It might just be that you, if you can't change those internal um, components much and you've tried and it's just not making it any better, then instead of doing an industry switch, maybe it's time to look at a different company or department within the same industry first. And you might be surprised at which um, at how much your experience is different. And the reason why I want you to start there, because it is so much easier to make a Um, switch within an industry as opposed to looking at a completely different industry. So that's why it's very important to determine if it's culture elements and then have you leveraged your internal options before you look at external options. And once you have appropriately leveraged your internal options, then it might be time to do a switch within the industry. And then after switching within the industry, and if you're still finding distress and that you don't like your job, then, then it might be time to look at a complete, completely different um, line of work. So that's, those are culture elements, things that you can find different from one place to another that are unique to the particular company. Then the next column row that I had you look up was, um, not look up, but had you label were collateral elements. These are like ancillary. They just come along with the territory. They're not the biggest part of your job, but they are just some nuisances that you have to put up with and tolerate. For example, if you work um, for a job where you signed up to work Monday through Friday, but now they've changed it to where you have to work rotating weekends and you hate working weekends. Well, that is something that's, you know, it comes along with the territory. It should not be a deal breaker. Um, or let's just say that 
around a certain time of year, the job gets really, really hectic. Like maybe you are a CPA and during tax season, it's ridiculous. Well, that is something that if you prepare your mind for, it's seasonal. It's not the way that the job works year round. So maybe that's just something that you just have to prepare for and deal with. So the collateral elements are just things that don't happen all the time. They're seasonal, they're infrequent, or they're small. They're more trivial. And if a lot of the things that you don't like about your job fall under the collateral elements, then sis, a lot of that is internal changes within you that you need to get a better perspective on. Like no job is going to be perfect. And if most of my pet peeves with my job that have me thinking that I want to leave, if they fall under this collateral category, then maybe I am having higher expectations of my work experience than are practical. And that no job, whether you are an entrepreneur, whether you move companies, whether you stay at this one, no job is going to be 100% perfect the way that you like. So if it's collateral elements, then that is going to take you having an internal perspective switch and saying, nothing is perfect. How can I change my attitude? Because all in all, this job is pretty great. Because I see on paper that the majority of my dislikes are the ancillary smaller things. All right, third category. Here we go. Here's the big boy. These are core elements. These are critical, um, fundamental, like day-to-day, everyday, basic blocking and tackling parts of the job. For example, if you are a teacher and you don't like kids, that's a core element, sis. And yes, you might want to look at changing careers. Or if you're a CPA and you just no longer like computers and math and you don't like sitting down and focusing on, then sis, you may have run your course in this particular field. So core elements are the, I can't get aroundables. These are the things like I, I am an introvert. I don't really like shaking hands, making friends, talking small talk. Well, you don't need to work in customer relations anymore. So if it is honestly a core element, then yes, you may need to look at your external options and start pursuing a different career. And then the last category, I didn't tell you to draw a box, but this is just combination. The fourth category or row would be a combination. Sometimes it's a little bit of all of that. Sometimes it's core, sometimes it's cultural, sometimes it's collateral. And so oftentimes if you find that the list is overwhelmingly culture and collateral, then that means you need to leverage internal options and figure out how to make that job more suitable for you. If it is overwhelmingly core and combination, then it might mean that you need to leverage external options and begin looking for new opportunities. And what does that look like? Before you go, there are some things you need to know. Number one, make a vision make a timeline. Oftentimes people will tell you this Steve Harvey thing, just leap. Well, sister, I'm not a leaper. Most of us at this age, 
have bills, kids, families, and other people to consider. So, (laughs) and even if you don't have bills, kids, and other folks to consider, you still have the fact that we are on this other side of 40. And so we need to be looking at things like savings and retirement. So before you just throw caution to the wind and just leave, it needs to be done methodically. And it needs to be done with a plan. Oftentimes we allow our emotions to make us make a decision that once we look back at it, we would have done differently. So if you are really thinking about leaving your job, the first thing I want you to do, and other people may caution you differently, but the first thing I want you to do is to start making a timeline and a plan. And within that timeline and plan, it involves looking at what is the, what is the industry standard to give your company notice? You don't want to burn any bridges, sis. I have in my 20-year career as an occupational therapy met so many people that I used to work with that one company or that worked with a friend of mine or a coworker or that was now a boss or a supervisor. But once they were under me on my team, like things come full circle. And what you don't want to do is to burn a bridge that you will need to cross one day. And something as simple as giving appropriate notice for your industry is so critical. Don't get so fed up and don't wait until you just can't take it no more before you say, you know what? I think it's time for me to exit. If it's two weeks, if it's a month, if it's six weeks, go ahead and give the appropriate notice. But within that, within giving notice, there are some companies, depending on your industry, that once you give them notice, they may want to transition you out earlier than what you gave them notice for. If you feel that your industry or your company or your boss would be one of those particular category of people or situations, then be prepared financially to transition earlier than you had planned. So that's why all of this should like leaving a job should never just be this. I'm going to just wake up today. I'm so frustrated and do it like you've seen that for some people and it works for some people. But I promise you, if you do things with the plan, you can wake up without feeling like, oh, my gosh, what's next? Okay, so the first thing is to get a plan and under getting a plan, you need to give correct industry standard um, notice. And then with within that, you also want to make sure that financially you have money set aside to make sure that whatever anticipated transition time between one job to another that you have. Okay, this is doing things not emotionally, but with maturity. Okay, and then after that, you want to ask yourself, Is my next particular job, is it something that I can do based on my experience and I don't need any further education or certificates to do? Or is what I dream of doing, want to do next, is it going to take further study, certificates, or training? And once you identify that, 
you want to go ahead and pursue whichever direction. If it's something that, you know what, I have all of the critical experiences to achieve this. So I don't need any further training or I don't need any further schooling. Like, let's just say you've always worked in the medical field as a therapist, but you've also had management and operational experience and you want to transition out of the medical field into some kind of um, business world component. But because of your experience as a manager and in operations, you can make that transition. So what you would do is you would make a functional resume. I want you to Google that and figure out how to make a popping functional resume. A functional resume list not your chronolo- chronological jobs that you've had, but what it lists is your critical experiences that you've gained. So for example, you would list maybe your first category would be management experience. And you would list all the things, all the jobs, all the experiences that you've had where you've had management experience. Then after you itemize your management experience, your next big category would be um, public speaking. And so you would list all the opportunities that you have within your career to um, go and do public speaking. And so you would list all of the critical elements that you've learned and gleaned from your career. And you would do so based on the position that you're applying for. Okay, so you would tailor your experience based on the position that you're applying for. So that way, making a complete industry change would be easier for you because now you're leading with your experiences, knowledges and expertise that would make you appropriate for that particular job. So lead with a functional resume if you feel that you can make an industry change without needing further education or schooling. But. If you are pretty confident that, yeah, I'm a therapist, but I want to be a doctor. Well, you're going to need to go back to school, sis. Or I want to be, I don't know, um, a radiology tech. Well, yeah, you're going to need a certificate. So look at the criteria for completing that particular program. And as women of a certain age, most of us have bills, kids, and husbands and things of that nature. You want to look at those programs and we need to consider cost. We need to consider online or in person. We need to consider the length of the program. And so you may have one program that's number one in the USA, but because of all of our life complexities, that might not be the program that we need to choose. And yes, it may be the one that you want to choose and you would have chosen that when you were 21, 22. But the reality is, Oftentimes, the programs that we choose when we look at furthering our education need to work within our lives. And our lives include our budget, our kids, our other responsibilities, and our families. So look at it from that vantage point. Don't just look at it from, oh, I want this program. I think it will be the best for my career. Yes, that's important. And it needs to be weighed and considered. And it may win out. But you cannot choose that program without also considering in all fairness and maturity how that program works within your current lifestyle. Okay, so once you have made a plan, then you look at the schooling and the um, extra education that you would need. If you don't make a great functional resume and start applying. And if you do make a plan to um 
pursue the education that you need. But in the pursuit of that education, what what's your paper going to be like? Like all of us can't afford to go back to school with no supplemental income. So that's another reason why you may want to stay at your current job while you finish the program. Or if you're able to do a part-time position or if you're able, go full throttle. But all of that takes a plan. So the last quick tip I want to give you when it comes to making a job transition after the planning, after the resume, after the considering the education, after making the timeline, then the last thing that you want to, not the last thing, but the last for this particular podcast. And just for your information, I'm going to do a four hour, hour long session on how to leave a job. This is like 15 minutes of it, but in the show notes, and it's not, what's today? It'll probably be in a week. I'll have this ready for you on a YouTube link. And so check back next week on next week's podcast. I'll have a link for you to look at the complete, complete message on how to leave a job. Okay. Now that I've kind of gotten off tangent, I was going to bring back what I believe is the last point that you need to consider that I'm going to give you today. I'm sorry, on um, leaving a job. So what you need to know is that you need to consider what financial and lifestyle changes can you make to compensate for a potential decrease in your salary. Because if you're going to go through a transition phase, if you're going to be looking for a job, if you're going to go back to school, it is going to, for most of us, require financial and lifestyle changes. So put this on paper. What will you do differently to make this transition possible and easier for you? Ladies, this was a whirlwind of facts. I promise you I'm going to go a little bit deeper. So next week, come back to listen to the other podcast. And also in next week's show notes, there's going to be a link to a complete hour discussion on how to leave your current nine to five, knowing if, when, and how. Because we're G- we're dream chasers out here, but not just dream chasers. We're putting things and making it practical and possible. Because ladies, we understand that growing older with style and grace, it ain't easy, but somebody got to do it. Why not us? Why not you? And as always, choose to make it a great day.